Greetings, travelers. The following episode includes a special guest. Now, sometimes our guests speak about uncomfortable subjects. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, I'm author Mark Muncy. And I'm author Erica Lance. And this is Eerie Travels. Greetings, travelers. Greetings, travelers. It's the haunted holidays. Oh, yes. The haunted holidays are just jingling on. Oh, my gosh. We survived Krampus Knocked. Uh, we've uh, well, moved on. Well, some of us survived Krampus Knocked. That's very, very assumptive of you, Mark, that all of us survived Krampus Knocked. Okay. Well, I haven't seen Bo for days. So who knows what happened oh, to her? Like, Bo I'm got, just saying. Bo got put in a basket. And she take did, it away. I think there was a whole situation with her feelings on the holidays and cold being shoved down her throat because right saying you kind of you kind of summoned that demon. I, I it was either that or the or maybe the Yule cat. I don't the know. The Yule cat. Well, she has some new clothes. I've seen some new t-shirts. She oh, has. okay. I think so she's okay there. I've but... been consumed and oh. uh there's definitely coal in my belly right now. Oh geez. Oh, look, look, the ghost of Bow Lake passed. Okay. All right. Well, my goodness, we were flying right along and we don't want to waste any time today. No, I know. But uh, let me start here. So Mark has another amazing friend, amazing friend of this podcast and just generally amazing human. But I need to start this as he's going to do this introduction with a little fact for our travelers. So there was a viewing that we needed to do in advance of this particular podcast. Mark says, oh, we're going to watch this all together and then immediately watches it and then sends the link and goes, you guys should watch this. It was really great. <laughs> Waited three wait. seconds, three seconds to watch it, Mark. It was, now you it, may do you your Three hours, three hours to watch it. So, oh my gosh. But anyway, <laughs> yes, we got a sneak preview of a project from our today's guest who is an amazing filmmaker and researcher he is a skunk ape hunter. He has done some of the most incredible footage I've ever seen of all the cryptids. So I just will introduce him as our good friend, Stacy Brown. Oh my gosh. Thank you for oh, coming, no. Stacy. Hey, bud. How y'all doing? Amazing. 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 Yeah. Now, how how's the weather down there? I'm up in North Carolina now. Oh, wow. So uh, it froze last night. So it was like 33 when I got up this morning, you know, as I peeled the covers back, they kind of crunched, you know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's been cold, but it's about to rain tomorrow. And it's a typical North Florida winter time. You know, yeah, that's, I, I, yeah, everybody thinks Florida's all suns and beaches. No, 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 no. You go up to that panhandle. It's a whole nother world. Yeah. Yeah. Then yeah. I wasn't ready for it. And so my strawberries got they got ruined. I had some strawberries that were about ready and I was just letting them get a little bit bigger and I didn't realize. So we had two nights of frost oh. and that first one got me, but I think I saved oh. the peppers. <laughs> That's okay. You said strawberries and I literally thought you were talking about something else because my mind apparently is in the gutter. So moving on, <laughs> frozen strawberries meant something completely different to Erica when it was said 
I should not they're be not sponsors under of the this, age Erica. of 18. <laughs> Erica, they're not sponsors of this. So we... Well, you know, I'm just saying they should be. They, they should, should be. be. All right. Well, if you mention it enough, maybe they'll reach out. So. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag. Yeah. Hashtag frozen strawberries. Now let's, right. let's get that trending, everyone. No. <laughs> so, Stacy, it was amazing to watch this. So let's talk a little bit about this movie. I'm going to let you go because I'm yeah, still give, stuck. Give us the elevator summer. pitch, how this was made. Mm-hmm. Okay, so basically I was friends, or I am friends with the owner of the Conjuring house. He was selling it. And so he calls me up. He's like, yo, I'm about to sell it. I know you've been talking for a few years about making a film. It's going to be now or never. You got to deal with the next owner. And she may not be as kind on the payment, you know. Uh, so we decided to go up there and then some CIA document experiment fell into our lap and we decided to combine all of it and just uh, no rules, no holds barred, try to figure out what's going on on the other side at any cost. Well, I have a question or maybe a, yeah, it's a question, but it goes with um, because there were rules to being in the conjuring house before there was a lot of like, you can do this. You can't do that. You can do this. You can't do that with the owners that are now selling or sold the house. There were a lot of rules about this particular house, which we call it the conjuring house, but it's the house that the conjuring movies and stuff like that were based off of. Right. So what were the kind of rules that existed previously that would have limited what you guys decided to do? I guess no seances, uh, no Ouija boards, couldn't get down in the well, really, you know, uh, burying somebody alive on the property wasn't in the mix. Let me think what else, because there were a few, there were a few other things that we did. I don't know that I could actually talk about because they didn't make it into the film for obvious reasons. They're just kind of like, wow, what are you, you're an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, you're listing all the things I do on a Saturday night. So well, that right. would have blown the whole thing. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, they had a lot of kind of rules like that. I uh, don't remember them exactly at the time, but there was a discussion made about, or there was a discussion had about, uh, you, y'all did see this list of rules, <laughs> right? You know, and, and it was cool because the owner was like, yeah, we've never buried nobody on the property you know that property has got so much history that we know and then there's still so much history there that we don't know that it was never documented and um that's the whole mystery behind that house and for those of you still wondering it is the conjuring house experiment uh or experiments right and um, yeah yeah yeah, the conjuring house experiments and it's now making its debut and uh, we were just lucky to get a preview copy. And uh, where can they find this? I mean, we'll put all the notes later and stuff, but where can uh, right now it's on Amazon? You can get it there. Tubi's supposed to have it up soon, but the different distributors take you know different amounts of time. So, like if you're in the UK, I know you can get it on iTunes or like Apple, but here in the States, right now is Amazon. Awesome. So that's why if you want to follow along at home, well, not while you're driving. but you No know. following along <laughs> when you're driving. No. What I think is interesting is you brought up the fact that they didn't want anything else summoned to the property with Ouija boards, seances, that kind of thing. They were 
I like that they had that rule because that property has enough stuff. If people had just been repeatedly opening that particular gate over and over again, could you imagine what that property would have been like? I can't even imagine what it's like now after what you guys did. It was like total craziness. Yeah, uh, while I think that was a rule, I don't know how well it was followed. Right. right. You know, because that's another thing. Like when you're on these places and I've been to other places that were strict on the rules, you can slip off and do something. You know <laughs> what I mean? You can do something. They're not look, they're not going to be in there on you. And it's disrespectful. I'm not saying you should do it, but you know it happens. Oh, yeah. And that's, oh, that's yeah. one of the one of the things about that place. And then you guys went in to document now the the CIA experiment. Let's let's discuss that for just a minute here, because. You let that in there in the intro, and that was probably one of the coolest things for me. I want to know, how did you guys get your hands on that missing page? And, and Well, let's tell everybody a little bit about what that is first. Yeah, so in the late 70s, I believe, maybe 60s, don't hold me to whichever one of those it was, <laughs> but they had this thing called the gateway process, okay? And uh, from my knowledge, they had gotten some of the aspects of it from the Nazis. The Nazis were doing this stuff. They were very big into the occult, uh, I believe, as most of your listeners probably know by now. But they spent like six, seven years doing this. And it was kind of the same time as like MK Ultra. You know yeah. what's going on? The CIA was getting into a lot of weird stuff. And this was just one of many. But they come out of their study saying that. We live in an energy hologram. All religions were true. And there was this place called the absolute. And it's the perfect name for right. it, right? Because like what you're doing in the experiment, their experiment, is that you're listening, you're, you're I guess, hemisyncing your brain, right? Our brain's in two different hemispheres. We're born and it's only one hemisphere, right? But I think around the ages of four, five, six, it shifts into two. Uh, and this is a... You know, just me thinking, I'm sure other people think this too, but that's probably why children are seeing the things that they're seeing. You know, they're more susceptible because the brain hasn't, you know, blocked that out yet. The point is, is to get your brain back there. So our brain sits at around 13 hertz. So we're trying to drop it from four to seven. Okay. And then that allows you to basically have like an OBE. Out of body experience. Yeah, yeah. I myself did not see my body, but I see my children. I seen my girlfriend. You know how when you're like flying and you're coming into a town or you're coming into an airport at night and you can see the lights. So that's like how I'm kind of traveling, oh. right? That's what it kind of felt like and looked like, you know, uh, and it was just the weirdest thing because... It was an audio frequency that made you hallucinate. So I'm laying there with a blindfold on and noise canceling headphones. And it's like I don't have the blindfold on. Once I click out, it's like the blindfold's gone. And uh, with Jay's experiment, uh, you know, he does his stuff differently. The CIA did it in a controlled lab. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, his whole experiment. Uh, involves gematria and like the sepa symbol uh, a lot of sumerian stuff to oh wow it. yeah that's what i was to say that's that's babylonian sumerian you know yeah that's apocryphal yes. stuff i love it so well so you didn't just get to do the experiment your name had to line up with the math okay and if your name didn't line up like rpg yeah. he did not get to do it 
Oh. Neither time his his name wouldn't land in the thing, and then so then they took a quartz rock from the property, and they had six of them, and the by the pendulum told them whose rock it was. Right? They they told that, and that the holding the rock was the weirdest thing because it felt like a low dose of energy from like your hands to your fore or like your elbows almost. You know when you hit your funny bone. And you yeah. get that like tingling. That's what was coming out of the rock. Like you'll see in the movie, like Richard throws it yeah. because he starts having the bad experience and he felt it was the rock. Some of the people brought the rock home and it absolutely ruined their lives for a good bit. We're wow. talking about like family members trying to commit suicide, overdoses. Like, that's like, that ties back to Conjuring House because that's right some of the experiences people have had from there. So, oh my gosh! And then I, you know, when it was Freedom of Information Act, this report there was a missing page that was never released to the public. It got lost. You know, as right. so many of these things. Oh, we just we don't have it. Sorry, case closed. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, when you guys said you had it, I was like, oh, oh, this is interesting. Well, it, for those of you following along at home, it's very much the same time as you said, MK Ultra, the men who stare at goats. They were yeah. doing remote viewing. They were trying everything, and they were using a lot of full society from Operation Paperclip and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. And I don't know how the page came up available i just remember having a conversation with jay prather and then he's telling me about this new thing he's working on i'm not paying attention like normal and then months later he like calls me back and he's like yo i got the page i'm on it i know all what right. i'm doing you know so it all just it was weird how it all kind of clicked because it was right after we book the conjuring house I mean, we're talking three, four days later, he calls me. And just happens to have that. So, wow. Calls me out of the blue. Synchronicities, baby. That's yeah, and it was about. weird, you know. I didn't want to talk about that in the film, but there was a lot of stuff like that, you know. I didn't want to come off as like a hell your rip-off. So no, we, no we, you're, we, and you're not. And that's, you know, hell, speaking of rip-offs, we'll talk about hell your another day. <laughs> but, uh, man, that was so crazy. It all just falls into place like that. That's awesome. Now let's get into the ghosty stuff. You guys get set up there. It's one of the most haunted locations on the planet, let alone the area it's in. What was your initial impressions and how did it go for you? So I've been there like twice already. And outside of getting my full name through a spirit box, wow. I had no inclination that that place was haunted. You know how you'll like, you can kind of feel when you get into a place. Right. Like, and I think when I went there, that. I didn't I didn't feel anything. And that's why I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I went in there and took a, like a six hour nap during the middle of the day. So we're on this road trip. So I just went in there and crashed for a while and slept great. It is you in the know? middle of nowhere. I love it. Yeah. And um, originally it was like, hey, we have a chance here. I don't know how haunted it is. That was what I told the guys. And they're like, dude, let's go. You know, it's the conjuring house. Let's go. What our plan was when we got there was to feed the emotion on the house. Like the way I kind of look at Bigfoot and the UFO issue and then like the uh, ghosts. And I may be completely wrong. And my theory has changed a hundred times. But where I'm at right now is it's all connected and what it's all, what they're all doing is feeding off of our emotion, our fright. And so the goal was to feed the house. 
through a series of experiments over a week. And then hopefully that last night would be just insane. And it, and it worked. Yeah. The picture is amazing. And that progression of everything just goes and goes and goes. And you brought up, you know, UFOs, Erica, that was the part you enjoyed, right? Well, and it was the part that surprised me because, you know, the conjuring, I'm like, okay, we're going to, we're going to do haunting, not in a bad way, not in a forward way, but like, you're going to get a chance to do these things in this house that, you know, whether people have or have not in the past and, and document it, right. You're getting full access, but the grays and that whole experience with the cameraman who had worked with other people who shall not be named on the previous <laughs> ghost things. That's all I'm going to say about that. Robert the Dolls in Key West. There we go. You know, the growling and stuff. And then when he was like, yeah, do you see that person standing down by the tent? And of course, my immediate reaction was, nope, nope, I'm out. Nope, <laughs> like, no, nope, I'm good. But I thought it was interesting. And I felt like, and oh, I just got chills. I felt like so many things were happening that it was almost like overload. And the interview the next morning with him, looking at him, I was like, he seemed like it was, um, you know, when somebody has too much of a mental or emotional overload of things happening, different emotions, because it's really tiring to go through those. That's what he looked like to me. And I, I might be wrong, but that's what I was seeing when he was talking. I was like, wow aliens and this is terrible but the the two different kinds of aliens the grays because he is right that most people who've seen grays for the most part they are shorter they're smaller alien type beings and then uh, anyway it was just for me i was like i could not have been in that person's shoes because he's standing there trying to comment on this and you can hear the growling in the background and it moving around and i was like nope again like there's growling there's disembodied heads there's you know i was like this is so much and you know, same time. talk a little bit about the aliens and how all these pieces kind of came together because i think he thought he was ex experiencing some bigfoot things too at the same time but i kind of go was it a bigfoot thing or was it the other things that we don't consider to be ghosts we don't really like using the term demon we like using you know preternatural things we don't know what it is and a demon would imply you know hell but yeah i was just because i heard the growl and i was like ah that that sounds bad whatever's whatever's hunting him down and then he was talking about going to the tent and i was like i wouldn't have slept in that who the hell paid you enough to go sleep in that tent that was <laughs> Like he didn't he he didn't go sleep in that tent it freaked him out but like you'll see in the interview his eyes start fluttering mm. like he yeah. starts tearing up they they were gonna leave that day wow and we we talked him out of it because it was it was pretty rough on him and his son but it was weird because they were hearing the knocks and you know obviously you hear them and i think a lot of it was a bigfoot encounter yeah the aliens, you know, because it, there's the voices going on down there, you know, and, and this is a ghost hunter. He's yeah. He's been on the top show for years working that show. So he's been doing all those cool spots and he don't know nothing about a Bigfoot. 
you know, and and that was the thing. It's like, why didn't you just come in the house and wake us up, bro? Because he says, is that a Bigfoot? On camera. <laughs> yeah. He says, is that a Bigfoot? It's like, yeah, dude, that was Bigfoot. Uh, now, and, and that's also another thing. Like, he, he says in the interview that he's just terrified of aliens because what do you do with that, right? And I think that was his, his uh, exactly what he said there. And maybe it was whatever's on that property, terrifying you know scaring him in the way he knew it could reach out to him because obviously bigfoot had been on his mind more than uh normal because all these bigfooters are around now and of course we're all talking about bigfoot and stuff at breakfast and stuff like that so yeah maybe it was like almost a the thing used him to manifest uh these things but maybe not maybe there was actual sasquatch there i don't know what to think about it it was it was strange. And then you have Corey talking about the gray that they seen in the house. And, you know, so that led me to, because we talked about on one of our episodes, well, more than one, because it's come up, the fear monger, right? And it's very interesting being around an area where you are instantly put into a place of being afraid, right? Because there's one thing about things happening that build up the fear tension, right? And, you know, I walk into known haunted places that have a lot of negativity right that you you already have a little tinge of your fear right you're in the conjuring house you're on the conjuring property you have fear but then there are those moments like me and mark went on to um what is it the helen bridge what is that bridge called oh yeah helen's bridge helen's bridge helen, in Asheville. Hel- helen's bridge in Asheville, which there's a whole tragic story but there was something there under that bridge like absolutely to the point where when we were walking on top of it i was like well this is interesting we walked under that bridge and i didn't even have to get very far and i was like no no whatever that is under that bridge and it was like radiating this thing that you almost felt like your fear was being pushed you know and i kind of wonder if because of all this stuff that's happened at the house if something whatever that thing is or those things if it was something like that because it was so many button pushes. Not right. that you can't have that happen. There were so many of them. And, you know, the head that he saw peeking up over the wall and the aliens up by the tent and then the growling and stuff. And it was like, man, this is just going push, 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 push. You are going to be terrified. And it won. I mean, in my opinion, oh, for sure. it won that it night broken. with him and his it son, you know? Yeah. So, uh it just makes you wonder about what's going on. Also, when you get to places like Skimwalker Ranch, because we thought we were just going there for like a, you know, haunted house thing. They had told us about the UFOs because there's a video, a lady of a UFO in the backyard there. Yeah, It was just right up over the woods. Uh, I believe you can find that on YouTube. But there's also another documentary out, Sleepless Unrest, I think it was. Uh, it's one where it's like snowing. They're in the yard and they're hearing knocks from the woods and yeah. they have no idea. You know what I mean? And it's no fault of their own. Like how do you communicate with a ghost in a house? You rap on the door. You know what I mean? You tap and then it taps back. It's the same thing in the woods. Why could this not be the same creature, entity, whatever uh, force, whatever you want to call it, you know, that's just feeding on people and that, 
that could be what's going on there. I would believe that uh, probably would be the same thing at some of these other sites that just have the mirage of activity, you know, of all, all kinds of cryptids. It's just, they're just, you know, dripping you for fear. That place is intense. Uh, and speaking of intense, we need to take a quick break. So let's do that right now while the pressure is building as we continue with Stacy Brown after these messages. Destiny Beard, the lyrical soprano who will haunt your dreams. With her alluring melodies and intricate harmonies, this dark siren of wistful song shall capture your soul and lead you into the night. Check out Destiny's new single, The Haunting Is Over, with international musicians Sam Haynes and Gary Bennett, as well as her other musical works at destinybeard.com. Eerie Appalachia. Gear up for a frightful jaunt into the darkest reaches of the ancient Appalachians. Folks deep within the Appalachian hollers lean close to the campfire to share stories of the inexplicable with hushed awe. Monsters rumbling in the hills, strange lights darting through the pitch black night sky, horrible occurrences almost ineffable in their bizarre tragedy. Tall tales, you might say. Tell that to the Flatwoods monster in Braxton County, West Virginia, or the Goat Man of Louisville. Look into his humanoid eyes and let him know you don't believe. What of those apparitions in Mammoth Cave's Corpse Rock, or the Satan spawn known as the Jersey Devil, how do you respond when confronted by these mysteries? From the metaphysical energy that swirls near Serpent Mound in Ohio, to Point Pleasant's Mothman Legacy, Mark Muncy and Carrie Schultz explore the dark history lurking in the shadows of Appalachia. Read by Mark Muncy, author and experts on strange folklore with appearances on shows such as Ancient Aliens, The Curse of Robert the Doll, and many, many more. We're back. We're back. And now I want to talk real quickly because we got other things to talk about. I'm just enthralled. Is the Bo, our producer's first comment was the seance. So let's talk about that seance. That seance was an hour and 37 minutes long. And uh, obviously we couldn't show just that. So <laughs> I cut it down to 52 minutes and I'm like, dude, what else do I cut? And we didn't want to, we didn't want to do nothing longer than an hour and 10 minutes to begin with, but wasn't possible. So um, we were able to whittle it down like that. This was the hardest part of the movie because we left a lot of experiments out. Um, there's an experiment called Scaredy Cats where we just had four random people that didn't know where they were going show up and then we told them what they were about to do and they went in on their first ghost investigation like they were guided through us. We figured they would be like scared and stuff, but it just turned into like this funny segment and didn't work. But yeah, we, we got to bring the first investigator of the conjuring house in to do this. He's the one that reached out to the Warrens, yeah. Carl Johnson there. And Corey had told me the gloves were off. I relayed that message to Carl. That seance actually started out with Lucifer's hymn. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, wow. You didn't, you didn't, we didn't have the rights to play that in the film. So. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. 
And he put this wand on the table. And when he pulled this wand out, it just, it was like, you know what I mean? It's like everything was like, oh, crap. Uh, and then we take a shot of brandy and we went into it and it was wild. It was an experience. And I hope to do that again someday, you know, cause that was, it was really, I know people say you shouldn't mess around and do those kind of things, you know, but, uh, if I don't see it for myself, I don't believe it. As, as one of the people that would say, let's not be pulling out Ouija board. Um, I think that if you're going to do something with a Ouija board, you need to know what you're you're in for, need to have the right setup. Like it shouldn't just be a game because sometimes nothing happens. Sometimes it's just playful, whatever. But um, I've experienced and I've met several people that that is it's not a good thing because the amount of intention you put behind what you're doing, you can bring something. And sometimes it can get attached to you, right? And it's not, it's all fun and games until you bring, you know, a malevolent whatever home with you. And then it's just leeching off you. So I, I'm i only saying that for listeners who may get some bug up their butt to go. On the plus side, it. most boards are sealed boards and stuff. Back in the day when Lucifer him and, and all that were, like when uh, Alistair Crowley was doing all this stuff, it was wine glasses upside down on a board. And that's why brandy is usually, you know, you start with that, you start with a libation of some sort because that's what opens the, the pathways. That was his way of balancing the hemispheres. We felt okay in the position we were in, right? right. There was a guy named Jerry Pacheco there. And uh, so he, I've met him. He, he like worked at the Lizzie Borden house and I met him. And we we hit it off, but anyways, he was there, and then we had Corey there, and I mean Carl was there, right? Like Carl is would be like oh, a wizard, bro. You know what I mean? But the problem is, is he's sort of like a chaos magician at the same time. He'll watch stuff burn down. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like he could he could save you, but Carl's kind of got to be like, hey, let's just see what happens here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, but we document the 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 possession of Stacy Brown. It's gonna be awesome, <laughs> right? So uh, <laughs> you see parts in it because, like, my cameraman is a staunch skeptic, right? Me and him go back and forth, and like, because he's such a skeptic, I'll argue with him about the flat Earth, right? Oh. Like, just to piss him off because there's certain things that you just don't know. And I'm like, bro, you don't know that it's round. You've never seen it. You've seen a picture, right? You don't believe in Bigfoot for the same reason. But anyways, uh, oh, that's just a picture. You know what I mean? Uh, so I just nag him and I wanted him to see this stuff. And I wouldn't say it was life changing for him, but it definitely like opened his eyes into, hey, there may be something actually into all this stuff because the footsteps were going around the table, you know, and he's standing on the, the, uh, fireplace, the door swings open at uh, the front door, the grandfather clock, that thing was swinging open. There was something knocking through the walls back at us. And, and then the stuff that happened with Josh, Joey kind of, 
you know, was left like he wants to do more of it now. He wants to try other things to actually see if there's a way to prove what we're doing. Because like we wanted to make a paranormal film, but we didn't want to use EMF readers, yeah. you know, and all that typical stuff you see every other time. And I think we did a good job of making a different paranormal investigation. That yeah. was the main goal. And the seance was kind of a way to, because that's the old way of connecting with the dead. And people have been doing that, you know, thousands of years, right? Yeah. Like, but that it's got a dark, you know, connotation. Some people want, won't so much uh, mess with that kind of stuff. And we, we had the perfect opportunity and the perfect place, the perfect, it was just like the perfect setting on every end. And yeah, I think the world gate first experiment, I think we actually did open a portal, which was the goal of Jay's experiment. And I think it gradually got better. And when we did the seance, and maybe that's why the seance was so much more to it, it's because of stuff we had already did. And then after the seance, we followed it up the next night with the with the last world gate. But yeah, there was three different projects going on while the while the seance was happening. RPG was directly below us, staring into the well. And uh, Bill's girlfriend was directly above us doing a mirror gazing thing. So it was, uh, it was, there was a lot of like symbolism and dramatria put into the, yeah. to the experiments, you know? And so I think all that really played a role in it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is next level stuff. It was, you know, mind blowing in places. I, I was, I was so thrilled watching it and I'm like, oh, this is, this is not the stuff you see on discovery channel every day. So, well, <laughs> you know, one of the things that I really enjoyed about it was um, something that kept getting said, which is something I firmly believe, which is the pictures, right? Like the EMF and, oh, did you just hear that? Like the talking, not that you can't experience that, but I feel like a lot of times when you experience spirits, you are getting the pictures they're projecting, right? They're not sitting there going, I was a little girl, blah, 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 blah. You get the picture of a little girl or you get the, you know what I mean? Like you get the kind of thoughts or images, however you want to do it. And that was one of the things a lot of people were experiencing throughout this um, film and I love that and you know something that my other half said he said the other day because we were watching something else but we watching this is it that it was like uh because we were watching a documentary and something else and he was like this is the first time that it doesn't feel like contrived like even when it's a documentary a lot of times you see the person you know stoically sitting there going and then he stabbed me five times in the face. And you're like, but it doesn't look like he stabbed you five times in the face. Yeah. You like, or don't have the, the emotion, but you saw the real raw emotions from everybody that was a part of this film. You know what I mean? And it was like real people were there, not staged. Oh my gosh, what was that? You know, kind of stuff that you normally see in these types of shows I'm not going to mention names but we all know who eric is talking yeah yeah the build anyway. the build up is perfect so yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed it so gang get out there make sure you watch that now while we've got stacy i gotta ask a couple other questions i know you, you, you do because 
You can yeah. take your fanboyness for a while. <laughs> I, I held it in tight. I, I know. I was watching your face the whole time, and he's like, "Erica, shut up! I need to ask my questions." Uh, so anyway. <laughs> now you work with uh, Outcast Paranormal quite a yep. bit. So what what have been some of your recent expeditions with Outcast? We haven't done much. We've we've still got other films to do. Right? We we oh, filmed okay, yeah. we filmed a bunch of stuff, and then. That we're making films that we've had recorded for over a year. You know, we just haven't touched them yet. Uh, the Conjuring film was extremely difficult to make because we didn't really have no tangible evidence. It's just all people's personal experiences, and you have to convey that in a real way. And so we we almost wanted it to be like a Facebook Live or something. You know what I mean? But just a well produced one, so yeah. you felt like you were there. So that took longer than it should have, but. Uh, we got we got some stuff we're planning around the Mount Shasta area. That's one of the locations. Uh, there's another location we're looking into the Board Mine in Arkansas. I don't know if you've heard of this place, but this yeah. like levitating rocks. It's like a nine foot Sasquatch there. And what was the other spot? Uh, David Eckhart. If you haven't heard the case of David Eckhart. look it up. <laughs> oh, it's a long story, but he he comes from the Gulf Breeze. He had his first encounter during the Gulf Breeze thing. And, uh, you know, then he just has been like lifetime abduction and to the point where he will tase himself in the throat if he feels they're about to take him. Wow. Oh, wow. Crazy stuff. But, uh, yeah, so I, I do have a project, though, I've been working on called Journey to Belief. And basically my cameraman buddy, uh, Joey, that was at the Conjuring House, he didn't believe in Bigfoot. And he's like, well, you know, show me why Bigfoot's real. And so it's basically the whole series is I'm trying to prove to a skeptic and the skeptic's telling me what it's going to take. So during the film, uh, we, we talked to a bunch of different eyewitnesses. Okay. So it's interlaced with interviews throughout the series, but we go to the state. And we pull all of Governor Bloxham's documents. He was the governor during the uh, the Ochizi Wildman. That's who they brought it to. Surely, if if this is a real event, he uh, wrote about it. You know what I mean? It's not going to spoil the film to know that that page was missing. Yeah. It's um, that, I was saying when I pulled his documents too, I could have told you would have saved you the trip. Uh, yeah, that page is missing from his documents. The, bro, like the, that was that was Gain ridiculous. The the Gainesville Mental Hospital. Oh, the pay the day that thing was admitted. Oh, it's missing. Just yep. lost. No other page is missing. Everything else is perfect. And, that was uh, gone. Uh, and then then so we sent a FOIA request to the FWC and ask them if, if they could give us any reports. They said they had no officer taken reports, which I knew was a lie. I've been on a property twice when FWC showed up and there was a formal report formed. And then there was another time they sent me out to somewhere. I've been to the location that they've gave me to go to, but I don't have no proof of this, right? I didn't think to document with pictures and get the you know, incident report number and all that stuff. However, we asked, she said they didn't have those. And then I said, well, how many emails do you got? 
and she helped us do like a narrow down our search terms. So we looked for skunk ape, swamp ape, Bigfoot, and Sasquatch. Those are the four words. And we wanted any emails containing those words. Just take a guess. How many do you think that they uh, have? Uh, wildlife Commission? Well, the, Florida, the Florida Wildlife Commission. Florida Wildlife Commission. Oh, well, Florida Wildlife Commission, probably zero. Uh, <laughs> uh, no. 78,313 emails containing one of those four words. Yeah. Wow. I figured they'd have scrubbed them. Uh, because they, the, you know, those times when... You know, we found the the footprints and then the next day, oh, suddenly it's a controlled burn in that area. And yeah. we're, you know, it wasn't scheduled for the last six months. Well, yeah. so they told us, they told us in writing that they had no reports. Well, they're not that smart because there was a report that they had in the paper for the Walton County uh, newspaper there. It's got the guy's photo. It's got a description of the report and he's making a joke about a putting a net over a uh, monkey costume, right? And then we asked him about that. I was like, hey, you said you ain't had no reports. What about this report? And that's when they closed our case and quit all communications with us. Then we go on a Bigfoot hunt and like crazy stuff happens. We're doing like a Bigfoot decoy. Uh, but anyways, it's a fun series. I'm, I'm super proud of it. Uh, we should Hopefully have it out around January, February. Awesome. Well, we will, we will definitely. What about events where people can see you and meet you? Uh, I don't have none booked right now. Well, I do. I got one January 13th at Smith Station, Alabama. There's a, They're having like a town hall. The place only holds about 100 people. So uh, me and Connor Flynn. And uh, a guy named Tyler Howell and MK Davis will be speaking there at that event. Uh, then I'll be at the Florida one again this year. Um, I'll MC the Skunk Ape Brown Table. Hopefully, uh, we'll for that. Hopefully we can come back for that. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I'll probably be up in Gatlinburg, but we're going to do some more. I just don't have nothing scheduled yet. I'm trying to get a product to be able to take to these events. You know what I mean? That's hey, that's that's the big key, and uh, Connor's going to be on soon too. We're actually going to be talking to him about his hug and Molly uh, project that he did and all that. So uh, too much fun. And you guys, my gosh, you have done so many. I mean, we're talking Conjuring House. We've talked some others. I remember you guys did the one at the the Crowley, uh, yeah, the, Crowley yeah. the, the Crowley Park, and that's an incredible project as well. That you guys did some some experiments there as well. Uh, yeah. And then, and then uh, your cheesy pond. I remember the short you guys did a few years ago on it. That, uh, so that the funny thing about the cheesy pond, we started a company, this guy in Jacksonville did called fringe media. And he had all these stories he wanted to do. And know, cheesy pond was one of them. And I didn't even know about the story, but then when we released our uh, Fortress America episode, like Twitter banned us, uh, Vimeo banned us. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, dude, like our whole company and everything got shut down. The thing was like, okay, so Trump was running at the time. And it was like the border's wide open. It's easy to sneak in. And it's like, okay, let's go see if we can do it. And we did it. We snuck in and went all the way to Times Square. 
and detonated a mock device, right? So it's part of it was like 15 minutes, but second that thing came out, they snatched everything, dude. It was fun though, because we did one on like uh sex trafficking, you know, this was before all the Epstein stuff came out. We were talking about that and how they were working it through Backpage. I'm sorry, I'm rambling. Uh, that's all good. No, it's all right. yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. You know, that's, uh, that's I mean, you guys' projects were you know ahead of the time back then, and then of course, you know, we have to talk a little bit about your 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 father and uh, his amazing footage that you were a part of. Oh my gosh! So sad he's no sidekick for this, but you you sidekicked that one. So and that and that's probably some of the most incredible skunk game footage. Like you and Dave Sheely's are like the two best I think ever of Florida. And, you know, unless we count that little old lady's Mayaka footage, <laughs> you know, picture, but you guys have footage and it's incredible. So, you know, if you don't mind just a few minutes on that. Yeah. Yeah. So on May 8th, 2012, I won the Super Bowl with my best friend. You know what I mean? Like my dad called me up. He's like, Hey, you want to go camping? Uh, it was a Tuesday night. And, had a little bit of rain, not much, kind of like a Seattle rain where it just kind of drizzled for a long time. And um, he picked me up from work. We went out there. It was like a mile hike. He had just got over like bladder cancer. So he he had seen how into Bigfoot I was after I had my encounter because I quit my music and all this stuff. And uh, he, was, he was like, let's go see what's up. And, you know, we were hearing knocks. He was like, Oh, it's just the wind blowing the trees together, you know, and uh, then it happened again. And I'm like, Dad, they're coming in, you know, and he's like, oh, well, if it happens again, we'll we'll walk out there, take a look. And I mean, no sooner that last word could leave his mouth. It was like, Ugh! it was like a grunt and a knock. Oh, man. And I mean, like something was, you know, into it. Right. And so it was. Honestly, this is probably nothing that we did. The only things that we did, we were cooking during the feed time. So any animals that are in the area, any predators or anything like that will be drawn in. I don't think it had anything to do with it, but we're there during the feed time. The cicadas were super loud and the rain had made the ground soft enough to where you didn't crunch. The palmettos were a certain height. We were able to crouch and walk down through the most and get out of that camp without really even anything knowing. And as we're walking down this trail, we're hearing things run on the right of us. We're hearing things run on the left of us. So we take a left. Daddy's got the thermal on black hot because it made the trail white. Right. Uh, that water spot was a cool spot, I guess. And so that was white. And we were, it was like May, dude. It's like snakes are out and about. The Torreya State Park's got a lot of copperheads, you know. Uh, so I'm kind of watching for snakes, and that was a lot of it too. But he, he sees this trail, and he goes down it, and he thinks we're on the blue trail because when you're coming from the camp, you'll come up to the wood shack. You'll cross this little bitty bridge, and there's like a wood shack there. And then the blue trail runs left, and we thought we were on that. He actually took a game trail. And we're following this game trail and now it's dark. Nobody's paying attention. And he's like, all right, I see it. Uh, right before he said that though, you heard it run down the ridge and stop. And he's like, oh, I see it. And he said, oh, it's a coon. 
because it's just sticking out of one side of the tree, right? And he's like, ah, it's two coons. And it's also making a sound like a coon crawling around on the tree. It's like, you know what I mean? You can faintly hear this kind of scurry. So it made sense. I didn't, I'm just holding the, you know, the handy cam. I didn't actually see what was going on. Then he's like, okay, it's two coons. And then you hear it. I hear it. And he's like, we got to go. We got to go. Get your gun. Get your gun. My dad was a retired Army Ranger. He only said to me, get your gun like twice before. And every time it was, hey, get your gun for real. We need to get outside. Homeboys out in the shop or whatever's going, whatever the case was. So I knew it was serious. I immediately went to thinking it was a cat because that's what I'm scared of in the woods is cats. You know, they're, I was telling y'all what a uh, butthead my man was. And uh, just imagine he's like 150 pounds, you know. <laughs> I don't want to deal with that, right? Because my, my man is vicious. We don't need a Florida Panther on us. No, no. Um, but anyways, we're getting back to camp. The thermal's dead. Not sure why this always happens. Uh, equipment goes dead with the Bigfoot thing, like I was talking about earlier. UFOs kill your equipment. Ghosts and Bigfoot. But anyways, we tear camp down. We're still hearing the thing. Like what I think happened is that we walked up into them having fun. I think they were running down the ridge and just like clown world, you know, just going at it, doing whatever. And uh, my dad was terribly scared. And this thing followed us up all the way when we got to the right before the Boy Scout camp. There's a turn in the trail. You'll be headed uh, west for, I don't know, maybe 20 yards. And that's where it stopped following us. But it followed us all the way up that hill. We could still hear it. Couldn't see it. My dad was terrified about it. We got in the truck. And that was the first time I seen the footage. And so funny story, my dad had told me, when I seen my first Bigfoot, I called him the next morning. I'm like, yo, I seen a Bigfoot. Uh, I think we're about to come home. And he's like, if you come home, I'm going to punch you in the face. He's like, you mean to tell me you've been looking for Bigfoot since you were six and you found him and now you're going to leave? So now fast forward. <laughs> fast forward to sitting in the truck, right? And I'm looking at the footage. I'm like, dude, we got to get back down there. He's like, hell no, I ain't going back down there. I was like, what's wrong, big dog? What you, what you scared of? Come on, man. He's like, listen, you, you'll be a smart ass. You can take the camera down there by yourself. <laughs> he goes, I'll sit right here and wait. And I was like, no, nah, I'm good. But, uh, you know, then we <laughs> we sent it to like five people, uh, Dr. Meldrum, Derek Randalls, Cliff Barackman, uh, a couple other people. And Cliff agreed to do the investigation. So when you see this footage, it's one thing to see it. And then, you know, finding Bigfoot came in. So there's an image of Bobo in the same spot. They're like yeah. overlaid and you can see how much bigger this thing is. But that aside, we got Cliff to do a report on it, an investigation. Cliff didn't have no skin in the game. At the time, Cliff did not know me. And we felt it was very important because my dad told me, he's like, Stace, nobody's going to believe me and you. Right. Like, he's like, look at you, son. <laughs> like, look at me. We're, we're from the South, you know, yada, yada. Nobody's going to believe us, but we'll get somebody else because we know what it was. 
We know I ain't got no friends out there on a Tuesday night at 12 running in the dark, butt naked, you know? Uh, So Cliff agreed and he had that thing looked over by uh, thermographers. Like, so Fleer, that's where it premiered at. That footage premiered at the international festival in Orlando. And we talked to a lot of guys who were like, yeah, man, we examined that footage and it's, that's straight up a real animal. And then he had CGI's guys look at it. And then he also did the numbers. So from where we were standing to the to the tree, you know what I mean? He did all these numbers that tell you the height of the creature. It tells you the gap. When you see that creature cross, he takes one and a quarter step. And that's nine and a half feet. Yeah, that's, that's the measurement. One and a quarter step. You know, so... And and that really, you know, it it'll never happen again, probably. Like I'm I'm the guy now that leaves my equipment at the house. Because lightning <laughs> art, lightning already struck. You know, when's it, you hit the lottery. It, it, you know, it's, it's, it's it's incredible, man. That is that is I, you know, I love that Dave Sheely's out there every day still filming. I'm just like, dude, it ain't ever gonna happen again. But man, that you know, what you got was great. And what you got that's like I, said, I still think, you know, people always talk Patterson Gimlin. I'm like, Stacey Brown and Dave Sheely. They should all three be right there. And that's and uh, that's where I'm at with it. Am I going to get better footage? Like, you know, probably not. Because we were, we were actually able to capture what we believe was another one, but you couldn't. It was just a heat signature, you know. But now I want to – you seen that guy that, like, uh, lives with them wolves? And oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to yeah. do that, but with Bigfoot. Just don't be grizzly, man. <laughs> no, I want to like, be with the well. Bigfoot, man. Like, how cool would it be to like run down a ridge and hunt something with a pack of squatch? You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, <laughs> I'll give be- up smoking. I'll give up smoking if I can do that. Oh my gosh, this has been so much fun. I said, oh my gosh, for Mark because that is the drinking game. Is the number of times Mark says, oh my gosh, or Erica says, nope. Yeah. So <laughs> you can get very drunk on these shows. Stacy, it was amazing meeting you. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you all for having me. Uh, you know, I love the show. Your your listener episodes are my favorite. Every time we do one, I get flooded with emails from more listeners. So it's those, those are great. And some of those are uh, some of our favorites, too. So we love them, yeah. too. So yeah, it's, so, it's so cool, man. Uh, I'll have to rewind the episode. Like, So if I listen to your episode, I've listened to it three times because people be in the car you know while i'm out uber and i'm listening to these things and people will be in the car and they'll talk and then i won't be able to hear what you're saying and i had to back it up and it's like oh man i'm just starting again you know we don't mind you listening to not at all you're that advertisers people listen to us multiple times (laughs) said by bigfoot stacy here on the bar yeah yep so um, it's shameless self-promotion time, though, Stacey. Where can people find you on these social medias and stuff? Where's the best place to check you out? Uh, so YouTube, uh, Bigfoot Stacy. I've done a bunch of interviews with people that uh, are telling their stories. So, like, I'm going to be putting out a – it's like a podcast, but it's just going to be videos every week. Uh, they'll air every Fridays, uh, starting here in a couple weeks, but – people that seen any kind of weird thing they just it's a two camera setup they tell the story i got ai images over the top of it and i don't i'll ask some questions at the end you know uh 
So check me out on YouTube. Uh, you can also look up Outcast Paranormal on all the socials. You know, it's all the same nowadays. Yeah, it's kind of how it works. But uh, And we will put links to where they can watch your movies and all that in the show notes. So please, if you're listening while you're driving, you know, pull over. It's fine, wherever you're at. And uh, just click, click those links, queue them up, so you'll have stuff to listen to and watch later. Pull over in a safe area. Don't just say where you're at, Mark. No, no, just wherever you're at. And then listen for wood knocks, because you never know. <laughs> okay, you need uh, to work on your advice-giving skills, because... We're going to get a lawsuit from a listener that's like, I pulled over and I'm going to be like, son of a bitch, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But anyway, gang, thank you so much for joining us again. And Stacy, wow. Thank you so much for that wonderful ride. And that was incredible. So I, I, I really enjoyed The Conjuring House. I'm looking forward to future projects. That new series sounds amazing. You can count us as subscribers number one and two right here, Erica and Bo will be number three right there, right behind us. So, uh, but listeners, thank you as always for staying tuned and enjoying the show. We hope you enjoyed it on Stacy's Uber ride with us. And, uh, you know, you can, uh, you know, if, if the guy listening to this episode and driving your Uber is kind of smiling and laughing at this point, then you, you know, you know who you might be, but, uh, anyway, <laughs> liking, sharing, and subscribing. Please send us your listener tales. You're Stacy likes to hear them. We like to hear them. And we, they make our day. Continue to enjoy the haunted holidays with us. Erica, any last words? No, I was just wondering if you were going to get to last words. That was my debate there. I was like, all right, fine. With you that, know, no I, I, I love you, Mark, but you, you're the one that's going on and on and on. All right. All right. So we'll, <laughs> we will close the world gate right now. We will keep watching the skies. We'll also listen for some wood knocks as we see you on the other side. Mm -hmm.